Please listen carefully. Fields. And I'm Dave Guzman. And this is Practical Base, where each week we pick a topic of interest to you, the working bass player. We look at it from a few angles and dissect it and hopefully come up with some wit and wisdom that's going to help you take your gigs and your gear to the next level. And uh, you can find us everywhere on the worldwide interwebs at practicalbase.com. You can email us using our contact form there. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, Google+, basically everywhere there's a social, that is where we shall be. And uh, we do love to get feedback from you guys, so please don't be shy. Email us, contact us through social media, let us know what you like, what you don't like. If you have ideas for topics, we're always willing and eager to hear what you guys have to say. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed our last week's episode where we actually did uh, a topic that came straight out of our listener mail. So um, this week is a slightly different topic. It's something that uh, we decided uh, on our, on our, on our own, on our lonesome. All by ourselves. All by ourselves, like big boys. (laughs) (laughs) We put on our big boy pants and we figured out what we're going to do by ourselves. So what are we going to talk about this week, Dave? Well, this week we're going to get into preamps. Preamps. Power. There's nothing, there's nothing bad about preamps and power amps. Um, or maybe there is. Or, yeah, we'll find We're out. We're going to find out. <laughs> one way or the other. <laughs> and, we'll battle it out. <laughs> and you and the listening audience are along for the ride. <laughs> Buckle up. Have you, have you ever used like separate power and preamps? I know people like a, a lot of times, um, maybe folks who, who haven't owned a lot of amps or haven't done a lot of amps, don't realize that these could be separate things. Have you ever, have you ever had a rig that has like completely separate preamp power amp? No. Okay. Have you? Yeah. Episodes <laughs> over. That's it. There's your wisdom. Round one. Ding. <laughs> no, I really haven't. Um, in fact, it's like a whole mystique to yeah. be the whole, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, the, the rig on the top of the all the lights and the dials. Yeah, yeah. I definitely feel like those are the pros, and I'm under the pros. Spaceship preamp is taking off. Yeah, like they. You're not aboard. I feel like if you have that separate unit with the rig, you also have a guy that takes care of all it that sets magic. It all up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that like plugs it in. Right, right. Does exactly. all the dials. <laughs> it's always good having that guy. Yeah, no, I don't have that guy. Yeah. So what do, what do you use or what have you used? So I've done, I mean, I've done a few different things. Um, so one of them, uh, one of the things I've done, there's a, there's a, a an old line six unit they used to make. It was a mm-hmm. rack mounted base pod. And mm-hmm. I think it was called the base pod pro. And I think the pro meant you're mounted in a rack. Right. Because you're obviously a pro. See? And that's what you do is you rack mount all your things that's that's what i'm saying <laughs> that yeah that's whether the, you have a guy or not i guess well it kind of insinuates that you have a guy yeah yeah it really does and you know so the key with this thing is you know yeah they were designed as an effects unit mm-hmm. but the whole point of them is they actually had an integrated preamp so you can right. plug your uh you know your base in the you know in the front of it or whatever yep and then you could run an output 
from like basically your main out from that that unit mm-hmm. as if it were a preamp and then put that into a power amp. Right. And that's what I used to do. I would run basically the line out yep. of that of that unit as opposed to an effects return. Yep. I would run a line out from that into a big mm-hmm. Mackie power amp. And then that Mackie power amp powered, you know, either one or two four by tens that I right. had. You know, depending on what kind of stage, you know, how big it was. Yeah. And uh and it was a pretty cool setup because because the way those line six things work is they also ape, you know, some specific characteristics of like right. famous amps. They would model famous amps. So you could make it sound right very convincingly like, you know, a big SVT rig or, you yeah. know, um uh SWR system or something like that. Like there are all sorts of amps that you could dial it in to be. Right. And because the power amp is just basically like a flat amp. It's only gonna just take what you gave it and make it louder. Right. So Yep. Yeah, I used to do that. And then the other thing, this wasn't my rig. I mean, I wish it was my rig, but it wasn't my rig is, uh, you know, I would in the studio that I recorded in a few times, they had um, Avalon, a couple Avalon U5 mm-hmm. units there, which are really nice, like tube class AB right. preamps. And so you plug into those and then those plug into the board. So you don't really have a power amp. They just go straight to the board out of the preamp. Right. And the preamp is giving it enough power. Yeah. Yeah. To and, pick up the signal. Yeah, absolutely. And then and from the board, you know, they would actually have a routing that went out to a to a power amp in a cabinet in a room. Right. So they could also get a signal from that. Right. So you could mix the two together and it was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, those are the those are the two ways that I've that I've tried it. I think a lot of people don't necessarily like they don't get into preamps or maybe don't know mm-hmm. about them because they don't realize that um your your amp usually has one right you just don't ever see it right yeah it's just part of one unit like you know i know you and i nowadays we both play you know the the mark base right units now I and mean, we have a little bit different models but mm-hmm. the idea is the same is that you know you plug into it and then that's going into a preamp right circuit yeah and then you can do all your tone yeah. shaping yeah. through that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, and that, that preamp is like, you know, you're plugging into the preamp and then you've got all your stuff after that. Whatever it yeah. else else you're doing after that comes after that bit. But usually most so these preamps, like the ones that are actually separate units, mm-hmm. there's is is it that they're also gonna have like multiple EQ settings in it? Like there's just a lot of con- more control than what you can get off of like let's say for example like our rigs now that we use right there's automatic like nice tone shaping that you can put yeah. in it but it is mark base yeah at the end yeah. of the day right like yeah. you can't really get another sound out of it you kind of get what yeah. mark yeah you're going to get the voicing of that mm-hmm. of that preamp and that amp and whatever and you know, I think the idea with the preamps that are outboard preamps, yeah. like something like the Avalon, for example, yeah, has different tone settings on it. It has right. a, it has a discrete number of them, and I I can't remember. I want to say it had like eight, maybe eight mm-hmm. settings. It's been a while. I haven't seen one in in quite <laughs> quite a while. I don't, yeah, I don't play with that kind of money these days. Right. But um, yeah, it had discrete settings, and those settings affected like the overall tone and character right of what came out of the preamp. 
But then yep. you, of course, you know, then you could feed it into other things, and that's where you would get into like really fiddly right. EQ or adding other kinds of things, like you know, oh, you're going to run it into a, a compressor, yeah, right, and then EQ it or you know whatever the case may be, right, yeah. So yeah, cool. the yeah the idea is that you know a lot of preamps they have a certain character to them, and that's what people are looking right. for. You know whether. You may have a, and you've got preamps that are, you know, are rackable. Um, there are preamps that just, you know, literally just like a tabletop thing. You just put it on top of your, your, your existing amp or on yep. a desk or something like that. You just put it on a table, plug into it, and then out, you know, take the output and put it in a recording rig. Right. There's all sorts of ways you can go with that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and the other thing is, you can also kind of get preamp stock uh, stomp boxes. Right. And, you know, there are DIs out there that will function as a preamp. And I think you've yep. got, you have one of these, right? Yeah, that that's what use. I, yeah, yeah, I use that kind of on and off. I've I've owned it for a long time and then it, it'll it float its way in and then kind of float its way out. Yeah. Um, But I use it for a different purpose. Yeah. Like I use it more as a way to, at the gig, just to either boost sounds because there's three presets mm -hmm. on it. So mm -hmm. I could use it to, like for one, I'll, you know, one trigger, I'm using it to kind of hammer in some lows. Yeah. If I'm using yeah. an effect that's kind of dropping out some of my lows. Yeah. And then a second one, it'll be uh, with a little bit of grit distortion. Yeah. And then the third one's like all out. Like, yeah. Yeah. Heavy distortion. And that's, and just to, just so I make sure, you know, because we always drop names, even though we're not yeah. endorsed by anybody, that's one of the Sans amps, right? Yeah, tech 21. Yeah, the Tech 21. It's the, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's one of the older ones. I think I've had it for like 10 years. It's the uh, one that's like, I mean, it's, they're built like machines. Too. Yeah, yeah. Drop them off a building and they'll still be alive. Yeah, that, I mean, they're, yeah, they're they're known for that. Like that's one of their like most famous units probably right. is the Sans amp. Yeah. Because they really are, I mean, they're, they're, they were designed so that you could basically plug an instrument into them and then record them and have mm -hmm. it sound like, more than halfway decent, like rocking good. Oh yeah, and there's you know? and and you can get different. Um, you can dial in the. I still have the uh, the booklet instructions, and it'll have like what settings to to simulate. Yeah, different types of amps or different tones. Oh, nice. But you have to like dial it in a certain way. Yeah, but they give you the blueprint. They for give how you the, to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. yeah. So you can kind of go that route. That's and very and cool. actually, and I I bought it my, if I yeah I got it because I had a rig. That was not, I didn't have like everything. I didn't have the punch I needed. I needed yeah. strength, yeah. which I guess is really what these are. I mean, it's a lot of what this is doing, right? It's giving you. Yeah, the preamp is like, it's like a sculpting thing, but, mm -hmm. it, but it very much can like, you know, that the amount of sculpting is going to depend on like what that unit is. Like some of them are designed yeah. to be very subtle or flat even. Right. Like I'm not going to huh. change your, your tone at all. Yeah, and all you're gonna get is like crystal clear. Exactly what you put in is gonna come out. Only the signal up, right? right? Yeah, and that's not you know that's not really what the sans amp is for. Right, it's really for like you want to take your instrument level and, and yeah. boost up, but then you want to do something with it. Like, right. you know, I want it to sound more like it's coming through this other you know this other unit or whatever. Right. Yeah, and that was like way before you know, modeling existed. Mm -hmm. You had things like the Sans amp. And, um, you know, for those who are, you know, bassists out there who don't know this, I mean, you could go back to like, there are Rush albums that where the bass sound is 
you know, there's usually several things mixed together, mm-hmm. but one of the things that's in there is a Sansamp unit. And I think like their bass player has his own right. signature Sansamp nowadays. Right. That has like, you know, a particular settings and curve to it and whatnot. But yeah. But yeah, I mean they're they sound great. I mean, you can even get simulations of those. I have a you know, I, I we use Pro Tools yep. here in the studio and we, you know, one of the plugins that comes with that is a Sansamp plugin. Huh. It's it's a Sansamp model that you can mess with and get right. you know, really, really good sounds yeah. out of. It's it's pretty great. And I use it for all sorts of things, like all sorts of trickery. Right. It's great for like adding another, like adding another bass track on top of another bass track. Uh-huh. It'll sound great. I've even done, I've even run like voice through a Sansamp and then mix that together really subtly to add some like warmth or color or grit or something uh. or just pop, you know, even just add a little punch and pop yeah. to bring like a voice out in a chorus or something like that. Right. So the yeah, Sansamps are awesome. They just really are. And, you know, and they're not the only pedal out there that you can do that with or yeah. box that you can do with it, that you can do that with. If you have a multi effects pedal, most multi effects pedals are built so that they can function as preamps. Mm-hmm. So you can literally like run your bass into a multi effects pedal and then take the out of it, run it. You could run it straight into a PA. Mm-hmm. You could run it into, you know, uh, a, a flat amplifier rig, like a keyboard rig or something like that. Yeah. There's all sorts of things that you could do in a pinch, you know, yeah. to get, sound out of them um the key is that the preamp is not really built to power anything itself right Right. like everything that we talked about here is always taking that output and then you run it into an amp of some sort or maybe a board like you might run into mixing board which is fine but but it you know the mixing board is what it is what it is right you also if if you're intending to get it out to a crowd like you got to get into some amplification at some point. Right. 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 So you could take your preamp and you could plug it even directly into an active speaker, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you have a powered speaker or a powered monitor, yeah, you could do that and there's like a probably not very well tuned or great sounding, right. but a yeah. that, that essentially is okay, you've got a you've got amplification, you've got a speaker attached to it, you're going to get some sound out right. of it, you know. Right. Um, cause the active speaker has got its own power amp. You just, what you can't do is like take your preamp and then go out of it and put it into a passive speaker, right? A speaker that has no amp in it. That's right. Yeah. You won't get, will you get anything out of it? It'll be something, it, right? It, it's it, like, you might get fuzz, like really distant right. fuzz. If you put your ear right up to it. Yeah. It's really nothing, <laughs> really nothing. If you put your ear right up. The bass will be whispering bass lines. Yeah. Yeah. With like a clogged throat yeah and you know and the other thing is i mean well there i mean there are all sorts of problems that can ensue from that but yeah you know, yeah don't try is, just don't do it <laughs> don't do it <laughs> don't do it it's a bad idea um what if i put my finger in the in the socket what'll happen yeah well i don't know let's <laughs> try right, let's and try find it. out wait lick your finger first then see <laughs> reminder to audience we are not encouraging anyone to lick their finger and then stick it in a socket <laughs> If that happens to any of you, we disclaim all responsibility. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. If you thought getting into tax advice was dangerous. Oh, boy. And then they told me to stick my finger in a socket. <laughs> Those guys are crazy. Ugh. Oh, man. So, you know, what makes the preamp different 
from a power amp is really, you know, it's all about the level that it's designed to work at, right? Right. The, the preamp is, it's an amp that gets your very weak instrument signal mm -hmm. and turns it into a signal that is strong enough that you can start fiddling with it without yeah. it being noisy or or getting really gruesome sounding. Right. Right. So it kind of lifts the, it kind of takes the signal and then just lifts its, 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 uh, uh, strength right. right and then you can start actually playing with it yep but that's because it's giving you yeah. room there to to do some shaping or yep. whatever yeah right. exactly exactly and you know the, the, the key is that it's not strong enough to drive speakers because that takes a, really a lot of power mm -hmm. relatively speaking you wouldn't want to apply all that power like directly you know to the instrument but yeah. um you know, but but some old amps do, right? Old, really old amps. You know, they they're, you know, they they are doing some boost of it, but it's you know probably not as, it, it, you're not going to get as much fidelity out of them as you right. would modern amps. Of course, that is part of their charm, right? That's part of their allure is yeah. the way that they do amplification. It was not as not necessarily as discreet or advanced as what we have nowadays, right? Um. So I guess, you know, what some people might be thinking about is, you know, what if I'm using a pedal that works as a preamp mm -hmm. and what if I'm sticking that in the instrument input on my amp head? Right. You know, Cause that's, a, that, that is a thing. You can do that. Yeah. At least, you know, nothing's stopping you. Um, right. And you can do that. I think in most cases, if you were to, and, and so what what we mean here is, imagine that you've got an amp head and it's an integrated amp head where it has a preamp that you plug your instrument into, right? And then it's got a power amp in it, like most amp heads do. Yep. Right. And this goes for pretty much all of them. Like you know, you have a Mesa Boogie or a TC or a Mark Bass or a PV or who knows, whatever. Right. right? They're they're pretty much all the same in that they they're designed like that. You could. Yep. Go out of your out of a separate preamp, and then plug it into the input that's on the front of that amp. Like you would yep. plug your bass into it, you know, and go to town. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. But the thing is, is that you're effectively boosting the signal twice, right? You're going to have to turn the input way down, right? On on that yep. on that on the preamp on the head, right? right? And so that's going to what that's going to do is basically it's going to mean you're probably going to end up with a noisier sound than you would yep. otherwise. One way to compensate for that is you could try if you have two inputs and one of them's active, you could plug it in there, which is going to give right. you more headroom to work with. Um but, you know, again, I yeah. I personally think that's just not the way to do it. I mean, right. the worst thing that happens is like if you don't have anything you can control that input with, yep. the input gain, like usually it's a gain knob, right? right. And what that means is like, how, how much do I want to yeah. turn up the signal that's coming through the instrument input? Right. And if you have that really far up and you're already putting a preamp signal into it, it's going to be, it's going to sound terrible. Yeah. You know, it's going to be probably distorted, yep. clipping, could be noisy. I mean, there's all sorts yeah. of terrible terrible things that would happen which actually so i do that right but now it it makes sense to me because i'm just playing with the sounds just trying to see how it feels 
how it sounds and what I'm so you're doing I'm that, using so you're doing it that intentionally your, like your Sansam you're doing that yeah oh to, okay to break it to you know to give it that distortion you're give trying it that to drive yeah yeah that's yeah like and you can make it break up that way right and yeah. um but I have to you know it'll boost real quickly yes. so I have to have that I think it's like the gain on that unit turned down pretty substantially yeah yeah and it'll come out almost like compressed sounding or yeah. but you know a good noticeable difference um and even like if i'm using the bass boost on it i'm just using it because really it's a convenient pedal yes. right because yes. it has three settings so it's like oh that song boom i don't have to like start messing with my eq before right. a song i'm just hitting one thing right but I have to be really careful about the game because if not, yeah. it'll just come punching through like, yeah, you know, just yeah. chaos. It'll be like really distorty and kind of yeah. crunchy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's exactly sense. what's happened yeah. there. So, you know, yeah, like you said, you can compensate a bit with the various knobs, um, you know, and like you said, it gets touchy. Right. Um, now, what I... What I've done in the past, if I've got an outboard preamp system that I'm using of whatever kind, right? Um, you know, there there are a couple ways to think about this, but the way that typically works for me is if I have a preamp that's outboard from that amplifier, and I really want that other unit, yeah, to be my preamp. So I'll run my instrument into that preamp, that outboard preamp, right? And then the output of the preamp. I will run into the effects return mm -hmm. on the amp. Right. And what that does essentially, so normally what happens is the way the signal flows, like think of it like, you know, water or whatever going mm -hmm. through a river. And the water is your signal. So the water normally with one of these amps, you plug in the instrument input in the front, water flows through there, it, the water gets juiced up by the preamp. That's built in. Yeah, yeah. And then the water, depending on how you have the amp switch, right. It may go to the EQ that you have on board, uh -huh. and then out through the effects send, which would go to your outboard effects, right? And then come back in through the return, and all this is happening at like this line yep. level. And then after it hits the effects return, now it goes over to the power amp. The power amp, mm -hmm. you know, pumps it up to where you now you're powering your speaker, and then you know you have your cord that goes out to your speaker, right? That includes it in the circuit or whatever. Yep. So. That's now the only difference there is like some amps you may have a switch that's like pre or post EQ and what that right. means is is it going to add the EQ before it goes to the effects loop or is it going to do uh, it afterwards right uh -huh. like which of those is going to be is going to determine what what happens with that with that right. um it also can affect depending on how your amp is set up it can also affect whether or not your like a direct out. Yes, that's in. what I was looking for, the direct out. Yeah, that's what I thought like that a button DI. was for. Yeah, DI out. Yeah, if you have that, a lot of amps, like that will be the switch. Like your pre and post may determine which is going to go to the DI. Is it going to be after the EQ and effects or uh -huh. is it going to be before right. the EQ and effects, right? So, you know, you have to look at your amp manual to know which of these, the right. switch effects. Yeah. But, but the point is, right, that's what normally happens with your signal flow, right? Yep. So imagine instead that you have your preamp that's outside your your normal amp. You're yeah. plugging into this extra preamp that you have. You have some fancy preamp. Right. You plug into that, and then you run the output from that into the effects return on the back instead of the instrument input. Right. right. So you're bypassing. You're bypassing the preamp. You're bypassing all that all that 
built-in stuff, and then what's coming in is going to be the effects. After the effects return, yeah, is going to come in, and it may or may not allow you to use the EQ on the front of your amp at that point. In some amps, it won't work. Some of them, it will. Again, you have to look at the manufacturer guide to know which yeah. of these it affects. But it, but what happened is you passed the preamp stage, like right. you just cut it out of the loop. You didn't even go there. Yeah, and. And once you're done with whatever's going to happen in the amp, you go out to the power amp at that point. Right. So now, you, again, you have one preamp and one power amp in the in the loop. Yeah. Right. Huh. So that's kind of very a, cool. That's a way that you can kind of, you know, modularize mm-hmm. an amp that already has a preamp in it. You can use the effects loop to kind of get past that. Yep. One trick to this that I did learn is that some amps won't allow you to do this unless you. Uh, slip a dummy, uh, either a like a dummy plug oh, or something like that, right? Into the effect send, right? And that allows it to you know the some amps like they they I guess they think they're smarter than we are or whatever. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't see any plug in the effect send, it won't actually activate that like that circuit won't even be active. So if you don't have anything plugged in there, you plug in the return and you still don't hear anything. Mm-hmm. That may be why. And so, you know, make sure that everything else is like at a reasonable volume and then try plugging like just a spare cable or something like that into the send. Mm. You might find that like immediately you can hear something, even that's though that cord so is not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a little, I don't know if I call that a helpful trick. It's, it's interesting that some amps do that. I, <laughs> but yeah, that can kind of like, yeah. you think your amp's broken. What happened to my effects loop? Right. And it just, it's built too smart maybe. Yeah. They, <laughs> They don't want you. Uh, they don't want you to bypass that system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So wow, yeah, and the preamp. You know, preamps are 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 also great. You know, again, because they get your your signal up like this, mm-hmm. they are fantastic companions for the studio, right? Yeah. Um, the preamp is going to give you a better quality sound. When you plug, you know, you want to, you want to plug your instrument in cause you want to do a recording, right. right? You're sitting in a studio or whatever. If you plug the instrument straight into a recording console or, or a, uh, or a digital interface, um, the interface has to do the work of like, you have to boost mm-hmm. the gain up in order to get your instrument sound up to an acceptable level. Right. And along with that is going to come a bunch of noise. Right. Now, the great thing is some digital interfaces, in fact, a lot of them nowadays, they're switchable, right? If it's a, mm-hmm. if you paid more than, uh, you know, I'd say if you paid more than $100, $150 for your interface, chances are really, really good that you have a switch either in software or maybe mm-hmm. even on the, on the unit itself. On the hardware itself, yeah. yeah. That switches between um, line and mm-hmm. instrument. Right, and that's what that means. Basically, if you hit, if you turn to instrument again, whether it's software or hardware switch, mm-hmm. what it does is it basically activates like a you know a, a buffering like a, a preamp yep. that that lifts the signal up before it starts before it starts recording it digitally right. before it starts you know converting the sound digitally. Yeah, and so you know that's a way that yeah you can get some better sound that way. I personally still think that the only way to fly is like have it outboard some sort of preamp outboard because mm-hmm. the thing is the the unit that's in that recording unit um 
you know, it, it'll it's, do its purpose, but it it's going to be generic. It has yeah, it's to be very generic. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be very flat. You don't really have any character. There's not much you can do yeah. with it. I mean, yeah, you can do that stuff, you know, in the box as they say, mm-hmm. but it's so much nicer to have a sound that you're happy with to start with before yeah. you ever start messing around rather than, well, I'm going to get a crappy sound and now I've got to do like five more things to get it to where I even like it. Yeah. I find it's much better to like have a good sound. Right. You know, yeah. and that's what that outboard preamp will help you do. I definitely like accidentally figured that out when I was having, when I first started messing around with recordings and just couldn't figure out like why I was so flat and there just wasn't like much color going in yeah. it what it didn't sound like my bass anymore they don't sound beefy either no, like yeah. they sound kind of like tinny and just mm-hmm. kind of uh, like limp yeah and so then i'm like trying to mess with the editing on the back end but you know nothing's really working and then i just ended up plugging into my bass amp that has a preamp and then i went direct into whatever and i'm using yeah. the preamp and all of a sudden, it was like day and night. I was like, "Oh, there might be. Oh, There's that's my, my sound. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that definitely is just like that's the the key. I think for, um, for just getting a, a good recording is like you want some sort of preamp there. And mm-hmm. you know, of course, if you have one of these modeling units, like if you're using a, a pod or a, you know, um, mm-hmm. any one of the, you know, modeling type, um, effects units. Almost always they've got like these amp simulators and all sorts of things. So not only are you preamping, but it also like gives you all this extra, you know, this extra coloration. Yeah. yeah, All the extra fuzz, whatever it is that you like. Right. And you can feed that in just to begin with. Yeah. And then they always give you like the fake name of the brand. Like it'll be like David's Eden. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Something, something. I have no idea what that is supposed to sound like. This is a lamp peg. <laughs> a lamp peg. Cool. <laughs> Have you checked out the new lamp peg? <laughs> we're now we're not going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man. So yeah, I mean, what do you? So what? What do you think? Like as far as benefits of having these be separate? Then, I mean, apart from just sound yeah. stuff. I mean, apart from sound stuff, I think that, you know, I think one of the things is that from from what I, from what I'm getting, right. And this is because I've, I've not used separates in the past. So like what would convince you? Like what about that makes, yeah, like resonates with you? Yeah. Definitely not like the extra unit that I have to haul into a gig. (laughs) Right. Definitely not that. That's coming off the table. Yeah. You know, you know, my, simplicity is key. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like that um, that it's customizable. Yeah, I like that piece of it. Yeah, right. I like that that there's an expansive end to it. Yeah, and that you can you can get different tone out. Yes, and then from a um, you know I think from a recording standpoint that seems like a huge difference and and that's really where i see a lot of these whenever i'm watching any of these like how-to videos yeah it's in the studio and they'll have like a nice rack mount of like the compressor and then the you know the preamp and yeah yeah i i think to that point it definitely makes sense right right you know 
Right. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I think it's what, what's not good is, you know, if you have to carry some other baggage, but, uh, you know, I, I would, you know, maybe the, on the flip side, the nice thing is if you're going to go record somewhere, if you have a preamp that, that you really like, mm-hmm. like, you just take that with you. Right. Yeah. And they aren't, you know, they don't all weigh a million pounds. I mean, there are some really nice ones where, okay, it's a tube, it's a, it's an AB right. uh, type amplifier, like class AB. It, it's going to be bigger and heavier sure. than a lot of the amp heads that you can get nowadays. Yeah. But, you know, you, you bring that thing and no cabinet. Great. Now you've got something to plug in that, you yeah. know, that might be your characteristic sound or whatever. Right. You know, what's the price point on these things? I mean, it differs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get, there are some, there are some preamps out there. I mean, if you look at the Sans amps, I mean, what mm-hmm. are those, a couple hundred bucks? Right. And up? Yeah. Right. I think they go, depending on which model you get, they can kind of go up in price a bit. I, I want to say they top out at, at five or 600, maybe at most. Right. But, but then you can kind of, like, you can kind of keep paying and paying. Like, I want to say the Avalons are, you know, they're like in that 2000. 3000 right. range like they're up in yep. the stratosphere you're probably getting your money's worth in that yes, one yes yeah that is like i remember seeing like uh that was one that i remember seeing like nathan east right was a big believer in the avalon like that's like one of his yeah he, that's one of the units that like he uses a lot in the studio and stuff yeah so yeah pretty cool but awesome. yeah you could spend pretty much as much as you want mm-hmm. or you know as little as you want well, cool. That seems like a good place to stop. Um, hope you folks out there enjoyed our exploration of preamps and power amps and how they work. And uh, we hope you picked up a little knowledge here or hopefully had a laugh, maybe at our expense. Even. Who knows? It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We're, we're, big, we're big boys. We can take it. We're but, big little boys. Yeah. We, but we'd love for you guys to give us feedback. You know, send us an email. Uh, you can use plain old-fashioned email podcast at practicalbase.com is our address and it goes straight to Dave and we read everything we get. You can also contact us via the form, the feedback form on practicalbase.com on the web or feel free to visit any of our social media presence, uh, Facebook, Google Plus, Instagram, Twitter. Send us pictures of your gear. Send us pictures of your cat. Send us pictures of your dinner. We don't even care. We just like hearing from you. Listener feedback is a, is, a, is a big joy for us, so um, do keep it coming. And uh, if you have ideas for topics you would like to hear us explore, do not be shy. We love getting listener mail, and, and uh, we will try and get your topic into a future episode. And the most important thing is that you share and uh, share widely this podcast with your friends, with your musician friends, with your bass playing friends, and that we hope... You will subscribe, uh, which will get you a new episode delivered every week to you, free of charge, whether you are using podcasts on your Apple iOS device or iTunes on your macOS device, Google Play Music or Stitcher Radio, just about any podcatching app on any platform. You can do a search for Practical Bass and you will uncover our little joint here hope that you feel free to hit the subscribe button and that will get you a fresh episode every week so until next week when your next fresh episode shows up i'm paul freels and i'm dave guzman this has been practical base 
Thanks for listening. Let me hear your bottom talk. Oh my god.